obviously anyone that isn't watching can watch back um, or you can listen to this um, audio on the podcast. So this evening we're going to be talking about nailing your non-negotiables um, and particularly um, in relation to, well actually in relation to all of the goals really in regard to um, building building muscle tissue and fat loss, you'll hear me talk a lot about nailing the non-negotiables in the day um, and what they are and why that's important. Um, and really on the whole when we talk about making any type of progress when it comes to nutrition, um, fat loss, um, hypertrophy, anything, um, actually it, on paper it is more simple than, than we think. In practice it is more difficult but um, in on paper it is all about nailing your non-negotiables and being consistent day in day out okay um we all obviously have spent like times in our lives looking for the magic answer the magic pill um it's finding what is doable for you and doing it consistently over a given period of time that is going to get you results so when i talk about non-negotiables i am talking to you about your calorie intake your protein intake your neat levels and your allocated training over the week so they're the non-negotiables, your four non-negotiables, calories and protein. Um, well, calories, protein, I guess, yeah, there's four. Calories, protein, meat, uh, training, okay? They're your four non-negotiables. And you'll see with a lot of your setups, um, and particularly those of you that are on the new system, and um, I've still got a handful of you to get over to that this week, you will see that you have daily. Um, what appears on your dashboard is pretty much your non-negotiables. Um, and they're the things that we want to make sure that we are, quote-unquote, ticking off daily, over a given period of time. Um, anything we do around that, when we're talking about education, the way we structure the day, et cetera, et cetera, is all to try and make the adherence to those non-negotiables consistent and the most enjoyable and easy for you. Um, because we know that it was gonna be easier for you if you're gonna find paths to understand things, to educate yourself and to get reassurance from a coaching perspective, which is ultimately ultimately my job is to always reassure you um, and to be patient with you and to, to educate you along the way. All of those things will partner to allow you to adhere to the non-negotiables consistently, okay? Um, so why is it important that we nail the non-negotiables? Um, a lot of the time we can get kind of overwhelmed, really, I think, with the internet and with Instagram, about what things we should be following, what things are important, where we should be putting our attention. Um, and a lot of the time... Do you want to switch to my AirPods? Sorry, because I might be better for podcasting. So a lot of the time we can be um, unsure of like where to put our energy really, what matters, what we should be focusing on, what we should be worrying about. Um, and I think it can be really um, hard sometimes because when you don't know how to separate that information and when you're seeing things that seem to conflict, it can be hard to know um, what to listen to. So, for example, there is, you know, so much stuff online about, I don't know, this diet's the best or that diet's the best. Um or, you know, carbs do this to the body to stunt fat loss, or you shouldn't eat too much high fat or whatever. Um, and realistically, a lot of the things that we hear are either anecdotal or they're not backed up by, by a lot of research. Um, and the answer is never really sexy. And usually the answer is balance and consistency. Um, we, we all know that kind of every diet we see under the sun, the parade itself is the best diet for X, Y, Z all get fat loss results because they, they push you into a deficit. So for some people, um, I don't know, cutting out whole food groups, they might find an easier way to diet at some times in their life. Um, 
but is that sustainable not realistically at some point in the in the future you're going to have to eat a certain food group you're going to have to eat a balance of everything and it's important for your health as well um and the same thing goes with training i think it's really hard to separate sometimes well you know this person's doing that type of training or this person's doing this or you know getting bogged down with the really small nuances of training that might be necessarily applicable to an athlete that you follow or you know you might follow um someone on instagram who has built all this muscle tissue already who is now not looking to build anymore so she's training with bands and doing like high rep kind of squat jumps and, and all sorts of malarkey with a dumbbell um which is fine for her but then um it makes you confused as to like well you know maybe i should be doing that or whatnot um and it's really really hard to separate that that um information as to what is relevant to you and I think that's where coaching really comes into its own because really the job of a coach is to put in front of you what is worth your time. Basically, my job is to say to you, these are the things I that you should be worried about. This is where you should be putting your energy. Let's get consistent here. And I'm here to reassure you and educate you along the way. Um, I will never, ever get tired of, of explaining to someone why a scale fluctuates or having to, um, having to explain that. I expect you to be patient with results. So I'll be patient with questions. Um, and and it's, it's that that separates um, trying to sift through that information. Basically, my job is to put your non-negotiables in front of you and to, um, to, to basically tell you what to be worried about. So... When it comes to nailing your non-negotiables, what do we really mean here? So if I say to you that we've spoken about your four non-negotiables being calorie intake, protein intake, meat levels, and your allocated training, um, allocated training is pretty self-explanatory. You've got a training program. You get your allocated sessions done across the week. And remember that we are a, a product of what we do the majority of the time. So a lot of the time, for a lot of you, unless you are kind of more sort of athletic or doing um, some kind of physique type of, of thing, um, a lot of the time, as long as you get those training sessions in over the week, then we are winning. And that is the main underlying thing. Now, when it comes to nutrition, there's kind of a, a few different nuances here that um, are important to think about when it comes to really nailing these non-negotiables. And the first of those things is tracking accuracy. Okay. So it's easy enough to have, say, a calorie goal or a protein goal. Um, and a lot of you obviously um, will will know from working with me for a while that I will never tell you what to eat. Um I'm um, sorry about that. Um, I will never tell you what to eat. I will never say, okay, there's your plan. Eat like this. Um, and and that's, you know, that's what we do because I'm not educating you. Um, you're not going to get anything long term from that. That is not really coaching. That is just dictation. Um, however, it's important that you, if you have that autonomy with your nutrition and the idea being that through the coaching process, you... Um, learn to create flexibility you learn about nutrition and you create habits and um education that you can take for the rest of your life to pretty much make say the last time you lose body fat for example the last time you ever have to quote unquote diet because you know how to get a result and you learn how to maintain it and how to live the lifestyle that promotes that um so tracking accuracy is really really important here because for a lot of the time where a lot of people will start um, in terms of building up that nutrition education and the great thing about living in the modern day is that we have MyFitnessPal in our hands. So we literally have this catalogue of all foods that we can eat with all of the macronutrient intakes, all of the micronutrient intake in there. Um, and it's basically a fancy calculator that is going to teach us habits along the way. The great thing about that is that we get that flexibility. Um, however, there's a couple of nuances that we need to remember. So when it comes to tracking accuracy, the first thing being the human error. Um, 
we have all been there where we've had a fleeting moment where we've gone, oh yeah, I've hit my macros today. Um, but you know that you've eaten something that is not, you haven't tracked. Um, and you almost feel like if it's not gone on my fitness palette, it doesn't count. Um, and that can be a very dangerous place to get into. And I think a lot of people, when I set something up on my fitness pal, my kind of, you've got a lot of people have heard me say this phrase before, if it goes in your mouth, it goes in the app. If you're, if you're tracking, that's the, that is the premise. If it goes in your mouth, it goes in the app. And that's not just so that you get obsessed with, with using that. That's not at all what we're trying to do. But if you get into the process of it goes, in my, if it goes in my mouth, it goes in the app. What it does is create awareness. It creates self-awareness. Um, it's, if you know you have to track something, so say, for example, you're making the tea, you know it's going to be about 10 minutes before your tea is done, but you're like, oh, I'm just going to nick a biscuit. But you know you have to get your phone out your pocket and track that before you do. You might go, oh, actually, it creates a pause. A, can I be bothered actually going and tracking that? Um, B, it creates a second of, actually, well, I know that I've got this many calories left and I know that this will you know, cost me this much. And actually, do I actually want that? No, I don't. I'm just going to wait till my tea's done. It'll be 10 minutes. And it creates actually a pause, which is actually a really, really healthy thing to do before we, um, we act on our feelings. And it creates space between feeling and action. Um, and that's the first thing that my fitness pal does and getting into that habit of if it goes in my mouth, it goes in the app, is it learn, it, it teaches you to create the pause between feeling and action and craving and action. Um, and actually when down the line, when my fitness pal is taken away, that's a really, really healthy um, habit to have around food is to just take a second. And if you go, yeah, no, I do really want it, then amazing, you have it, you track it, you crack on. Um, but it creates the pause and the space for you to make that decision. Um, and for a lot of people, um, it's that kind of sneaky, mindless snacking that can sometimes creep up on us. So that's the first thing is that tracking accuracy. Um, because although there might be many a time when someone might have thought, oh, if it doesn't go in my fitness palette, it doesn't count. One thing I will say, your body's the most accurate food diary you will ever keep. So you might count on the app, but it'll count on your body. And if you get to the end of the week and you don't see results, but you've been snacking on things that you haven't been tracking and you haven't been adhering, your body's going to keep that diary of that, whether you put it in the app or not. Okay. So it's that kind of that comment you hear people say that comment of like oh you're only cheating yourself but effectively it's that kind of vein um and believe me that i've coached hundreds and hundreds of women that if i have got somebody on a certain level of output and i know kind of their neat level say today i know what they do for work etc etc which is how i set all of you up and i have a certain amount of calories and i can see that they're tracking to or under those calories and they're not losing body fat they're not in a deficit and something's wrong somewhere. And it is usually their tracking accuracy or their adherence to the nutrition. Um, so as I always say, honesty is the best policy and communication solves all issues. Don't treat yourself there. Treat yourself. Don't cheat to yourself. Um, if you are eating and not putting it into my fitness pile, then that's where you need to kind of call yourself out on your adherence there. Um, and I've even said this to a few of you that even if you are overeating on your calories, even to still log it, even though it takes you over the numbers so that we can see the actual habits behind what's going on, where you're overeating, um, and then we can do something about it. So it's still good to track it, even if it takes you over the calories, because then we can still see a log of what's happening, what you're snacking on, why you're doing it, and we've got data, then we can work with it, um, rather than saying, oh, you know, yeah, I'm definitely sticking to 1600 calories, but nothing's happening. Um, when we, we know that actually it's the adherence that's the issue. Um, and we need to kind of work there um, uh, around that really um, because what can kind of be a bit frustrating there is if you say for example you're on 1600 calories nothing happens because you're not being adhering you'll be like oh so I'm just going to drop my calories 
even though you can't even be a dairy to the 1600, but then you'll slash it to 1400 and then the problem will just exasperate. I know there's a couple of you, and I don't know if it's those, I can't, I can't see who's watching, but I don't know if um, you're watching now, but there's a couple of you and it'll, it'll, I don't know, it'll trigger something in your mind where I've had you at a calorie goal and I've suspected this might be the issue. So I've actually increased your calories on occasion um, and all of a sudden you started actually dropping body fat um, because actually you were overeating way beyond that. And now that we've given you a realistic calorie goal, you've stayed within that. Um, but that's because I can tell that from habit, from from coaching people, um, not because you've actually told me that you're overeating on that. So just be mindful of that and um, remember that that tracking accuracy is absolutely huge. Now, that's the human error side of it. Second point, remember that my fitness pal, it's like Wikipedia. It's a user-built app. So you've got to use a little bit of um, common sense here. And I'll tell you a story. Let's all sit down for story time. I'll tell you a story that happened on Sunday night. So I opened a packet of um, the Asda Extra Special Cookies, you know, the big ones that are like the size of your head that you're like, are absolutely munchy and delicious. Um, So I opened a packet of those. Um, I had a friend round and they were like, oh, I have interest. Um, Because they were tracking, they're tracking at the the moment. Um, Whereas I am kind of more intuitive with my eating. They're like, oh, I'm going to see how many calories are in this. And they scanned the barcode. Now, cookie the size of my head came up on my fitness pal as 104 calories. And they were like, oh, wow, 104 calories. And I was like, take a moment there. Use Use your initiative. You know that, for example, a chocolate digestive is like 90 calories. There is absolutely no way that that cookie is 104 calories. So somebody has inputted that wrong. Um, and then again, it's where you kind of got to log things and not be like, oh, oh, well, it's scanned at 104. So I'm just going to have it anyway, even though you kind of go into yourself. I know there's no way that could be right. Just bring it straight back. Even though you, that kind of rings an alarm bell in your head and rather than getting curious and actually thinking, that doesn't seem right. I'm going to do a little bit of digging there. Or actually, I'm just going to leave myself about 250, 300 for that because I know that's more realistically what it would be. Um, that you just go, oh, got away with that. Even though you might know that it's wrong, but you just let it slide, your body's still going to keep track of that. Okay. So again, the whole you're only cheating yourself thing, but just being self-aware of that and using your initiative there. And you know, realistically, that if certain things when you scan it, they're not that when they're not right um and i don't know if any of you have seen it happen where you scan something and a completely different foods come up right sometimes that happens as well so just being mindful that my fitness pal is a user built app so that sometimes you will scan things and you will have to just have a bit of self-awareness with that um there is no quote unquote easy way of doing things there's no easy way to learn things building up that self-awareness is is key and at first you will make those mistakes you know there'll be times times when you won't necessarily be aware of what's in a food and that might slip in um in at first but as you're starting to learn things and you know if, if you know like you say a certain snack or you know that for example a skinny whip bar is 90 calories you know that something like that isn't going to be 100 um so having that self-awareness piece and really kind of reflecting and being mindful and, and that goes with quantities as well if you're scanning something into my fitness pal and it's automatically going to scan in at like 100 grams or something but you're having 250, being aware of what's on the screen and making sure that you are changing the servings to mirror exactly what you're having um, and that you are actually measuring what you're having because if you're not measuring it, you don't know, okay? Um, so tracking, that's tracking accuracy. Let me just a little, have a mooch at my notes and make sure that I'm happy with everything that I've covered. Um, mm, 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 mm. No, that is fine, yeah, cool. And obviously remember with my fitness pal as well, it's a tool, 
Um, it's not guaranteed to be there forever, but it's it's an incredible tool that teaches us so much. And it's not just a fancy calculator of getting you to, you know, say, for example, I set you a 1900 calories it's not a fancy calculator so you can obsess about being not at 1899 calories but hitting that 1900 and being like oh how amazing am i for hitting that 1900 and getting obsessed over the numbers that's not why we use my fitness pile we're using it as a tool so that you are learning more about what's in food so that you are looking at your habits throughout the day and thinking right okay well i'm starting to be really really hungry at this time and if i look that's why i've tracked loads of snacks okay that's because i missed breakfast on that day how about if i start to actually formulate solid meals here and then that might reduce the snacking it's literally diarying your habits um it's diarying your how you're building your meals how you're spreading your protein intake are you getting the protein intake with each meal are you eating whole foods satiated foods are you eating um you know the majority whole foods with a little bit of what you fancy etc etc there's so much to my fitness pile that is of benefit that is not just it being a fancy calculator and actually as a coach i don't want to see you getting obsessed over hitting the calorie target to the number i want you being obsessed about getting better and having healthy relationships with your food um well not getting obsessed but you know what i mean that's where i want the focus to be um and my fitness pal exposes a lot of the areas that um you can work on um and that 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 is, should be your friend that there to be exposed and to see it in black and white that that's literally a chance for you to go i can literally see in black and white where i can work on this here um and, and move things around and learn and play around with things for example if you wanted to make i don't know a spaghetti bolognese go right okay well how can i manipulate these ingredients i know that i'm gonna have roughly 550 calories for my tea um so how can i manipulate these ingredients to make sure that my serving of beef mints for example or corn mints is hitting that 30 grams of protein marker and that um the whole meal together with the spaghetti and everything and other veggies i'm going to put in it is going to hit that around 550 marker um and then it starts to become ingrained that you start to anchor that protein at the start of, is the main anchor of your meal that you start to build your plate in that way and these are the habits that we're trying to build up with it okay so nailing your nutrition and non-negotiable getting consistent and adhering to your calorie goal um and it's doing that day in, day out that gets you results. Um, it, it's learning those things and being consistent with it that is important. It's not necessarily, you know, how can we drop calories as low as possible and, and, and get and get the weight off? It's, it's how we can do this realistically, find something that's consistent and sit there for a while, be our best, tick the boxes day to day and nail the non-negotiables daily, okay? Now, when we set a calorie goal, we set this with your um output goal in mind as well so if you think about all of the things that we think about with output when it comes to non-negotiables so you've got your calorie goal your calorie intake on one side and on the opposite side of the scale you've got your training your cardio if applicable some of you've got a mixture of both um so resistance training is always your foundation cardio and your meat levels okay so your neat levels are your non-exercise activity thermogenesis so that's all of the movement that you do from walking to cleaning the house to fidgeting to me swinging on my chair um, to me playing around with my hands when I'm talking to you. That's all non-exercise activity thermogenesis. That's all movement that my body is doing um, without exercising. OK, and um, if I was to draw your pie chart and I know a few of you will be familiar with this analogy, so bear with me if I explain this to you before. If I was to draw a pie chart of the things that our body um uses to expend energy excuse me the biggest section on that pie chart would be our basal metabolic rate we can't change that um that's dependent on your age your gender your diet and history um 
all the multitude of things that we can't actually change. And that your BMR, your base metabolic rate, is literally the, the calories that it takes for you to exist. So although it's not a nice analogy, think of like coma calories, like not moving, just your body functioning. That's your, your BMR. So just the calories needed just for your organs and your body to function. Um, then anything on top of that comes from your expenditure. If, I, if you look at the rest of that pie chart, apart from like thermic effect of food, which I'm not going to go into because it's so tiny, um, the other areas of that pie chart are your meat levels, your cardio and your training. Now, they're the three things that we can control when it comes to expenditure. The next biggest piece on that pie chart by a country mile, and I'll try and find the pie chart that I've, 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 had, um, I've seen in the research and I'll put it into the group at some point. The biggest chunk on there by a country mile is your meat levels, okay? Way, way, way subsiding your training and your cardio. Um, so what's most important, really, when it comes to expenditure, when it comes to fat loss particularly, um, I mean, and, it, and it's really important with hypertrophy because if we're trying to push into a surplus, we need to make sure that we are, um, you know, we're not kind of overcompensating with, with output and we're, we're kind of measuring those two together so that we make sure that you can stay in a surplus. Um, but particularly with fat loss, what's most important is that you just get generally active day to day, that you move more. Um, that is the most important thing when it comes to fat loss. Um, resistance training is not there for you to burn body fat. Resistance training is there for you to get strong. It's there for you to build tissue, um, both from a, a functional and health perspective. You think about why resistance train um, and the benefits that, that has on your body. If you think about if any of you have had a manual job, you'll be taught manual handling. Basically, what they're telling you to do in manual handling is how to lift safely, like deadlifting. Um, so basically, the stronger that your body is, the less likely you are to get injuries. Um, the more muscle you'll have on your musculoskeletal system, the more likely you are to prevent things like osteoporosis. There are so many health benefits to having um, muscle tissue on your frame. Um, and that's not just from functional strength, but general health, CV disease, etc. Um and another win of that is that the more muscle tissue that you have, the higher your basal metabolic rate is, because if you've got more muscle tissue, you need more calories just to survive because the muscle muscle tissue needs so many calories just to stay there. Um, when and actually an interesting an interesting fact, when somebody dies of starvation, they actually die of muscle wastage um, because when the body doesn't have the energy available, it starts to break down muscle tissue, and then once it's broken down all of its muscle tissue, that's when you would die of starvation. Um, so to actually keep the muscle tissue where it needs to be, you need calories. So therefore, you increase your basal metabolic rate. Um, by having more muscle tissue. So effectively, the more tissue you hold, the more calories you can eat. So that's happy days. And it's important for women, I think, because we generally can't intake as many calories as men. Um, and because we're generally smaller um, and, and we don't hold as much muscle tissue naturally just because of our hormone levels. So if you do hold a bit more muscle tissue and you do have a bit more calorie, a few more calories to play with naturally because your basal metabolic rate is higher, there's more room to do things like eat the food to enjoy, go out socially, et cetera, et cetera because your BMR is sitting higher and you can just exist there um, without your, your body composition fluctuating massively. So that is super important. But what resistance training is not in your program for is to burn calories. And, you know, I absolutely love hearing all of the wins and things like that from training. But one win that I do not care about because it doesn't mean anything is how many calories anyone burnt during a, a, a resistance training session. It literally means nothing. Your resistance training sessions are not there to burn calories, okay? They are there for you to get strong. That's why we talk about progressive overload, being a little bit better all the time. 
that is why they are there. They are not just there to, for you to count as movement, okay? Um, now, when it comes to actually increasing your expenditure, that's where we layer on cardio, if applicable. But the biggest thing that I will talk to you about first before we layer cardio on is hitting and nailing your non-negotiable of your neat, your step count. We track it as coaches as a step count because it's the easiest thing to track. Um, a lot of people have got smartwatches. If you haven't got a smartwatch, you've got a smartphone. Um and your smartphones have got uh, step trackers built in. Um, I personally use my phone as my step tracker because I have it on me all day, every day. Um, so it tracks my steps. And that's absolutely fine if you do too, you do as well. Um, so it, the, the easiest raw way for us as coaches to track your neat levels is via your step count. Um, the way, again, that we obviously will give you a target, but it's only rough, is that, again, if you're thinking if you are in a deficit and you are lowering your calories and your energy levels are lower, your NEAT levels will drop um, because your body will want to be preserving energy. And that's even if you hit your, like, step goals and things, but you won't be fidgeting as much, you won't be moving as much because you won't have the energy to because your body will be wanting to preserve that. So that is why we set these goals, because we're trying to keep everything as consistent as possible when the body would usually be wanting to fight against it um, to preserve energy, etc., etc. So the easiest way for us to control that from a data perspective and a coaching perspective is to give you a step goal um, and keep that as consistent as possible. I can't give you a fidget goal. I can't be like controlling how much you fidget, but steps we can keep we can keep there and thereabouts. And I hope as I'm talking, you're realizing how much that everything is very much a case of I can't control everything. I can't get you to 100% with everything. But I can get you there or thereabouts consistently. And it's the same with nutrition. There's variance on nutrition labels. Nutrition labels only have to be between 10 and 20% accuracy. Um, I can't control your actual neat levels, but I can give you a step goal and that's there or thereabouts. And by being adherent to what we set, we eliminate the human variance and we just allow for the variance that's naturally occurring and we can kind of sit there or thereabouts consistently rather than being completely flatlined. Um, so it's not necessarily about being 100% to the actual um, tiny finite things, but it's about being as consistent around those areas as possible. And that's what's going to get you long term results. Um, so your neat levels are super important. And another reason why we focus on these is because there's a multitude of health benefits to focusing on steps over cardio. Um, and, and, and encouraging someone to move a little bit more anyway. Um, you know, if that comes to pottering around the house, cleaning, et cetera, et cetera, just moving. Get, if you work from home or even if you work in an office, just setting a little timer on your phone and every 20 minutes going and doing a lap of the office or doing a lap of the house, which is something that I do is every half an hour, I'll just go and walk around or if I've got a client call, I'll walk around while I'm on the phone um, to, to move, to move my joints, to move my body. It's good for mobility. And then conventional conventional walking, again, should be encouraged still um, for the benefits that we get from getting sunlight on our skin. We live in a country where we don't have a lot of sunlight, so the, the most vitamin D we can get, the better. We all probably need to supplement with it because during the winter months, we aren't exposed to it enough. Um, but getting sunlight on your skin, getting fresh air, getting out in, um, in nature, having a moment's peace to yourself, all of these things that are so helpful that come from walking that are just... Um, where, where expenditure is just an added benefit, the feeling of being at peace, of having that mental break, et cetera, et cetera. And actually the um, causation that that has on your um, habits then that follow and your actions that follow and how much you take care of yourself and having that time out, et cetera, et cetera, is massive. Um, and not just in relation directly to fat loss. It does direct, um, it does affect that indirectly, but just from a, a general health and well-being perspective, it's super, super important. Um 
last reason being as well that steps are the least taxing method of movement on your body we've all had times where you've been in the gym and you've been absolutely wasted the next day because of doms um or um you know the following two days after you you just absolutely wiped because of doms um training is taxing okay we are damaging tissue it's creating a stimulus and then we're getting your body to repair it but when we rest that's that's how you make improvements it's taxing um even cardio it's taxing on the respiratory system those of you that are still recovering from covid and things like that it's taxing on the body steps are low-hanging fruit they are something that you can do that is not taxing that's going to benefit you in so so many ways and actually it's going to be the most benefit when it comes to to fat loss if that's your goal um I'm really with hypertrophy as well. It, it's not kind of um, going against your your hypertrophy goals. Um, it, it's less taxing on the body. It's kind of not um, utilizing fast twitch muscle fiber or anything. It's just nice steady state with a whole multitude of benefits. Um, so again, nailing your neat goals is, is so, so important. Um, and it's something that we can do nice and easily. And you might think, oh, you know, when am I gonna get that time to get a walk in? Um, if you can find the time, and obviously I'm saying there are some people that genuinely will struggle for time, um, you know, busy mums, etc., etc. Although I know a few of you that have got little ones that really love getting wrapped up and going out with the pram and, and having some some time to yourself and it rocks the little one to sleep and that's great. Um, but people that are genuinely pushed for time, there are things that we can do to manipulate things. But the majority of people can find 20 to 30 minutes in the day to get themselves outside. Um, it's about your priorities um, and, and, and kind of where in the day you're prioritizing different things um for me personally and i can just say sort of say anecdotally um now that i sit at a laptop pretty much all day every day um i have noticed a massive drop in my um my general output from when i used to work on a gym floor um, pretty much full time i've had I've to now make the effort to go and, and get my neat levels up because i don't pity on the gym floor all the time i sit in front of a laptop and coach um so for me it's a case of getting up an hour earlier um wait until it's light outside and then wrapping up getting outside putting a podcast in and um i have a circuit that i do that i know gets me roughly um six to seven thousand steps um that takes me about 45 50 minutes um and if i do sort of half the circuit around the first part due to time i'll do the second half later on in the day and then my pottery round tops the rest up so it's about prioritizing your time and thinking when can i fit this in for me um, and being realistic with yourself and actually looking at your day and being like Am I finding an excuse here or am I, can I genuinely not fit this in? Or can you do a reshuffle and create a habit? Because I can tell you now, at first when I started doing that, I felt like I had to heave myself out. And sometimes I still do. Um, but when you start ingraining that as a habit, it starts to become second nature and you start to realise all of the great feelings that you feel from, from making that a habit. Those of you that obviously do really, really struggle for time um, and have genuinely tried loads of different options about how to fit things in, there are different things we can do to manipulate, but that's obviously an individualised basis. And I, I'll um, deal with that on an individual basis as to how we can manipulate. But if we set a calorie, if we set a neat goal, it's there for a reason. It's really important for a multitude of reasons. So again, as long as we're nailing that calorie goal within range, we're nailing that protein goal within range. Um, and again, protein being the most... Um, important macronutrient for us to focus on because calories so carbs and fats are both sources of energy and a lot of the time with the majority of your goals um it, it doesn't necessarily matter how they fall providing that you're getting um hitting your minimums with with, with fat intake um, and you're hitting your neat levels we're off to a perfect foundation there okay that's a great start um 
then comes your layers like cardio and things like that that will be completely on an individual basis used as a tool as and when needed um, and your resistance training again as that foundation so all of these things that we set play a part they are all cogs in a big in a big working machine they're all pieces of the jigsaw and they only work when they're fitted in together so realistically um from a coaching perspective things only really stall when you've been completely adherent within range obviously so for example if i set you a calorie goal of 1800 that you've been say 50 calories over 50 calories under like around that kind of variance um etc etc um you've hit your allocated set goal again with invariance and you know a lot of a lot of what i will talk to you all about is hitting your set goal over a week because i know some of you will be maybe busy on monday to friday but you're really active at the weekend so having like a minimum for example say your set goal was ten thousand, so 70k for the week um saying okay i'm going to aim that make sure i get seven to eight k during the week and then i have much higher days at the weekend to make up for that deficit and over the week you hit that 70k mark because we're an average of what we do the majority of the time over time. Um, but you are being proactive with that rather than reactive to it. That is part of your plan. Um, and you are hitting that goal nice and consistently. So you've hit your protein, you've hit your calories within range. Um, you've hit your steps within range. You've nailed your training sessions. It's not a plateau. It's not usually, it's not truly a plateau until you've done that consistently for two to three weeks and nothing's changed and you are being adhering and you're being accurate. Um, then at that point, we know it is genuinely a plateau and then we can jiggle things around. Um, but often the time what we ended up, end up doing is we end up wrestling with adherence um, and actually getting to that point. So um, a, lot of the, a lot of the time, what we can kind of do is look a little bit deeper and think, okay, why am I finding things difficult? Um, if you're not nailing your non-negotiables, why are you finding it difficult? Are you being honest with yourself and are you adhering? If not, why not? What's the barrier? Can I adjust this myself? If not, that's what I'm here for, okay? And that's where you say, I have tried and tried and tried to do this. I'm really struggling with this or I'm getting really, really hungry around this time or this is where I seem to be slipping up. Noticing, having that self-awareness rather than saying, yeah, yeah, I'm hitting 1,500 calories, nothing's happening because I, I can't help you. Um, so I have to then really, really, really try really hard to get into your head. Um, but if, you're ha if you have that self-awareness piece, you know that you're not being adherent, then I can say, right, okay, cool. We can work with this. Let's go. There is never, ever such thing as a silly question. And I will never, ever judge you. And the team is, hasn't always will be a judgment-free zone. And the more I know, the more I can help you. So Nailing your non-negotiables is super, super important. And it does come ultimately down to nailing those four things within range consistently over time. Um, and now that doesn't mean that we don't make allowances for things like going out and being social. And I want you to include loads of variety in your diet. You know that I'm all about including things you enjoy, sort of centering things around whole foods, including things you enjoy, going out, having good times, etc., etc. But it's learning a way to factor that into the week that allows you to hit your goals. So it's the difference between saying to yourself, I'm going out with the girls at the weekend. Um, I'm going to have a glass of wine with my meal. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go out for tea to go in, okay, I, I can fit that in and be social, have my glass of wine, go out for tea and get back on track Sunday and crack on, to go in, I'm going out with the girls, I'm going to have a glass of wine, I'm going to go out for tea and then having three glasses of wine and then having a couple of gins and then being hungover the next day and then not moving and then eating whatever you want or not eating or being completely off track on Sunday and then getting back to it Monday and all of a sudden you've just lost um, a third of your week. Um, and that's the difference there is that you can find that consistency and you can find that moderation and moderation and consistency is hard. Um, but ultimately that, that is what you're here to learn when it comes to coaching. Um, 
it's hard to learn and it's it's easier to fall back into extremes it's easier to be super restrictive um, and obsessive Monday to Friday and then forget that you even track Saturday Sunday um, or forget that you've even got a goal Saturday Sunday and then get back to it on Monday it's easier to do that but that's not what gets long-term results and it is what kind of raised the head of guilt and restriction overconsumption and uh, sorry restriction and overconsumption and that kind of cycle and then getting frustrated with yourself um so lean into that discomfort it's going to be tough um but i promise you that if you can nail the non-negotiables we don't have to go to extremes we just have to get consistent in a comfortable place and stay there for a given time um and and, and let yourself reap the rewards over time okay um i think i've gone through everything i wanted to go through here yeah i think that's everything one little pointer actually on that which isn't kind of necessarily um related to nailing like non-negotiables when we're talking about um kind of socializing and things like that and having social occasions at the weekend where for example say you might go out um i know a lot of you that have coached with me for a long time will be absolutely fine with the fact of you're comfortable with the scale weight spiking when that happens and then as long as you get back to normal your body does as well and being comfortable with how that looks um but just being aware that if if that is something that you do that the more that you do that the more the data will fluctuate so i know of a lot of you um or some of you as i say a lot of you some of you um like to sit where you're very slightly lower monday to friday on calories and then slightly higher at the weekend just to give you a little bit of flex if you do want like that glass of wine or something at the weekend um, and that can work quite nicely providing we're not pulling down too hard um and restricting and causing hunger and then, and then over consuming again it's the difference between being proactive and reactive um and you're comfortable with that fluctuation that usually happens kind of sunday monday and then starts to trail on a tuesday and that's kind of how things look on a downward trajectory if, if you are losing body fat for example um but if you are someone that is out sort of midweek and sporadically throughout the week and you're trying to navigate that just know that it will make it harder to navigate because the data becomes less reliable because it's in constant flux um because it's never you know if you if you go out you kind of you, your digestion might be upset sort of twice a week all over the place and then you might be bloated for a couple of days and then your scale weight might spike and that could be happening a couple of times a week and then the data becomes really really jumbled um so just be aware that whilst again i will go back to that point of we are the results are what we do the majority of the time um and that is is still doable that when it comes to tracking data it can make things more difficult um because it does skew the data um if things are jumping around all over the place and that is just something to be mindful of um if you are in a fat loss phase and you are trying to track data closely and you are trying to get results and if you're someone that you know you are super sensitive to those fluctuations um, and, and understanding that is is really really important okay um so yeah that's kind of everything i wanted to say let me just double check on my list on here as well no, that's it yeah cool so when it comes to nail non-negotiables it is all about being self-aware um being proactive noticing your barriers and trying to do something about them so if you're saying like about time do you sit on a sunday night and and, and plan your week out um do you look for the time or not okay are you allowing that to be a barrier or not if you're saying about food um or you know you have to do a big shop you have to plan teas and stuff out to a certain extent or know what you're taking for lunches are you planning and knowing where you're at with food um are you just taking that extra little 10 minutes in the week to get ahead for the week because that can literally be the difference um to, to seeing the barrier and navigating it 
or to talking yourself out in the moment or letting it creep up on you and letting it get away with you um so that goes with like shift working and things like that as well um there's definitely times particularly with some of you that are like nurses um or nhs staff that don't have breaks um it's not ideal and it's no point us trying to make it ideal but to be able to go right okay well i know that ivan this is something that a couple of years bring into mind straight away that i've absolutely nailed recently you're saying right i know that if i'm on a night shift I will feel snacky if I go in hungry. So I'm going to make sure that I have a full satiating meal before I go into work. I'm going to make sure that I've got stuff in my bag that if I don't get a break, I can go and bang a shake down or whack a bar down me, a, a, a protein bar or a granola bar and a shake or something that means I'm not going to graze throughout the whole shift. So it's not necessarily about making things optimal um, to hit your non-negotiables, but it's about how can I look at my barriers and make them work for me and see where my areas are that I, I know I might trip up um, and be proactive with that so that I hit those non-negotiables. Um, again, the numbers look the same black and white, but how you get there will look different and that's important. Okay, um, so that's everything that I wanted to say. If anybody's got any questions and you can pop them in the comments box or anything at all on that that kind of sprung anything to mind, then you can let me know. Um, I'll just give you kind of 30 seconds or a minute to do that just in case. And if not, we can wrap it up um i've not really had any questions necessarily this week where well, it's been quite a quiet one so um yeah we'll just kind of wrap it up here i think my box is looking quite quiet no cool well if there's no questions we're going to wrap it up there um and as I always say, when it comes to lives and stuff, that I will have some kind of pre-agenda. Um, but don't be afraid to ask questions on that purple post. If there's anything that you think, oh, I've always wondered this, or this has come up and I've wondered this, just ask it and we'll cover it. Um, it this These lives are here for you um, to, to educate you. What I will be doing over the coming weeks um, is having some guests on, a couple of you guys and clients that I think will, will benefit from hearing each other um, to talk about specific specific areas um i'm also trying to get my good friend i don't know if a couple might follow her danny bosworth on who is a coach as well and we coach very in a very similar way and have a very similar kind of mindset around things so um hopefully you will will enjoy those that will come in as well um but yeah thank you very much guys i hope you enjoyed that i hope it was useful for you i hope all of you took something away from that um obviously based on where you're at in your personal goals and yeah i'll speak to you all this week have a nice evening